Welcome to this conversation between Stephen Gribben, the CEO and founder of CoachPro, and me, Warren Hammond. Here's a quick snippet of what to expect. So if you want that future opportunity enough, you're saying, who do I want to become? What perception of my character do I now want to project? Therefore, what do I need to start picking up as a habit? Now, equally, because there's always that tendency to go into the habits you need to change, this is equally, if not even more powerful, about the habits you want to protect. Because when you then look at your future opportunities and you can see why a particular habit creates exactly the perception of character that you're looking for that is perfectly aligned to get to the future opportunities you want, it's then about being precious about that habit, protecting that habit, maintaining that habit, developing it, communicating that habit so that that perception is so strong that it gets you to those opportunities that you want to get to. Here we go. Stephen and I are going to be discussing habits. This conversation was different from what I was expecting. Different is good. When I think of habits, I sort of think about those sort of daily routines that we try and build into our lives to make ourselves better, more productive, more efficient, maybe healthier, maybe fitter, you know, trying to do the right things, not forgetting to do them. So that's how I came into the conversation. But during it, you'll hear that Stephen's got a very different take on it. His way of thinking that habits are about those consistent behaviours that we exhibit. And trying to change them isn't going to be a question of um, to-do lists and tick lists. It's actually much more fundamental than that. He talks about aligning the future us with our core beliefs and values. And in between those, that's where habits will come out of. I won't say much more. I'll come back at the end and, and give some notes and thoughts and comments. But yeah, this isn't probably what you're going to expect. Is all the better for that. As always, any thoughts or comments, drop us a line on podcasts at coachpro.online. Otherwise, I'll see you at the end. Here comes the cheesy music. Loud and clear. There we go. See, that's a good habit we've got into, which is a good way of starting because today the topic is habit. I don't know if you've got to pronounce the H properly there, I guess. Habit, otherwise it uh, sounds a bit strange. And habit is a good topic. Also, I think habit has got a lot of confusion about it as well. I think habit can mean so many different things to different people. So I think this is a good topic to, to address. It seems to be getting more and more important or more and more common topic as well over the last few months or years maybe. Maybe it's just me. So, Stephen, let's get started with when we think about habits, what should we be thinking about? What are they and what are they not, really? Let's start with that as a good definition. Well, habits, first of all, are the things that we do, and we do them consistently enough, repeat them enough, that they just become how we do things. Sometimes it's a conscious habit. And therefore, we might call it a discipline yeah. because we are making sure that we do th- something. We do it in a certain way. We do it to a certain level or quality or consistency. 
And then there's also a lot of subconscious habits that we kind of fall into, that it just seems to be the way I've always done it, or I've always thought, or I've never thought of an alternative, or it kind of worked, so I just thought that's the way it's done. So you have conscious habits and subconscious habits. So it's not just bad habits then. So this isn't just smoking or drinking or sleeping. This can cover a number of different things that you're doing. Yeah, look, there's the subjective view of whether someone likes the habit or not. And funnily enough, the habits they like and you would all say are good habits. And the habits they're not so keen on will tend to be portrayed as your bad habits. Yeah. You've also got your conscious habits, which I say are, are more about discipline. And they're always portrayed as being kind of good because they're a conscious decision rather than the subconscious habits that you fall into, which can really vary between either being good habits, but you've not actually decided they're good. It's just a habit. It's an unthinking habit. You just do it. But there are also some habits that don't necessarily work for you. And this is how I would define good habits and bad habits, because there's a lot of subjectivity of whether people think they're right or wrong or good or bad or good or you know there's there's better ways of doing they like it or they don't like it habits are neither good nor bad it depends on whether that habit takes you to where you want to get to or not but is a habit before the good and bad then is the habit the same as a routine that's what i was trying to sort of figure out is if i had to define what a habit is is it the same routine or a regular way of doing something? Yeah, look, there's a there's an argument of how do you create habit, you know, and 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 you know, or how do you break a habit? And some people say it's 14 days to do something in a row, you'll create the habit, or 17 days. Some people say 30, 31 days. Um, I think it's different for different people, and it's different depending on the habit that you're looking to change. Create a routine for those 14, 17, 31 days, and you're likely to create a habit. A routine is a a process. A habit is a choice. Okay. So a routine could set up a habit, but a habit isn't necessarily a routine. There is a difference between the two. Yeah, routine is kind of process. It's about efficiency. Uh, You get into the routine of doing something. So you get into the rhythm of something or you get into the flow of something. You're going along with something. So you create a routine or a regime if you go into it more or it's that expression of a discipline. Yeah. But habits are, this is what I believe. And and we understand where habits come from. Uh, It's it's an inner thing. It's, It's habits that you have. Uh, it's just where you default to. It's your cognitive place. Okay. You create a routine, you adopt a habit. Okay, that makes sense. So one of the things I've read, and I looked up the number just to make sure, I mean, I don't know where the number comes from, but I've looked it up, so it must be true, rather than made up in my own. Somebody else made it up, not me. So we can know it's got some degree of... of of classification is that 45 percent of reported activities that we do are automatic in the day so would that constitute a habit then is this if 45 percent of our actions are are done without us even thinking about it that's a habit is that what we mean by a habit it's those unconscious automatic activities that are done without necessarily us being conscious of it 
where habits come from is initially where your core beliefs and values sit. So if that automatic response or that automatic activity or that way of doing things uh, or those choices sit with your core beliefs and values, you, it, you know, that sits with you, that you're okay with that. Therefore, you think it's okay, you'll say it's okay and you'll continue to do it. Then you then form a habit. Okay. But you could be in a routine of doing things that doesn't sit with your core beliefs and values. Therefore, it will never become a habit for you. It's just something you follow the routine. So it does have to be something that sits with you to the point where, you know, when it's automatic, psychologically, that just means it's cognitive. Now, just because you haven't thought to do the same thing the same way for the thousandth time doesn't mean to say it's not a habit. But also, it's not automatic. It's just your process of saying, this is how I'm going to deal with it is instant. Now, whether that's a conscious, then for you, therefore you call it discipline, or whether it's subconscious and you call it automatic. But then this is quite a difference then between what is commonly referred to as a habit. I think this is what you're, so this is kind of where I was thinking when you started to talk about like core beliefs. So a couple of years ago, I was reading about habits and you hear about you know, people who will wear the same clothes every day because then it, 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 you know, they've got, you've only got so much mental energy. You only use so much time. You don't want to be thinking about too many things. So if you've got habits of always wearing the same sort of clothes every day, then you don't have to expend mental energy. It helps you with fatigue. And I was putting that into a habit box that I can reduce the decision cost by eliminating the you know ambiguity of whether I'm going to do something there or if I'm going to do it there. So if there's no decision to be made, I'm saving mental energy, which I can use for something hopefully more important or, or, or needs it. That then is a routine, not a habit. Is, is that how you describe that? Yeah, and look, they're not completely separate. That habit could, you do something out of habit, then you could form a kind of routine. This is just how I do things. I no longer think about it. Yeah. And I just do it because this is the way I've always done it. You know, getting stuck in a rut is when you're stuck in a routine that used to work for you, no longer works for you anymore. And this is what this is about, is understanding habits and the decisions of that you have, you're empowered. So self-development is about looking at how you can own your habits rather than self-improvement is just picking out the bad habits or the ones that are perceived to be bad habits. And when you go into routines, you're kind of no longer making a conscious decision. You're doing it today because that's what you did yesterday because that's what happened the day before. That's you in a routine. And we create some routines as that kind of those laying down those tracks so that we don't have to think or make too many decisions. But as soon as you become more consciously aware of whether that routine is taking you in the direction you want to go or actually excluding you from getting where you want to go, then that's when you need to look at more consciously taking ownership of saying, I need to create a new habit or create a new routine or create a new discipline. And without going into all the things that it could be referred to, to be, to be honest, whether you call it habit, routine, discipline, rut, whatever you call it, that's what it is for you. 
the point of the self-development is taking ownership of those habits, disciplines, routines to say, right, how do I get those to work for me? Yeah. Rather than how do I continue dealing with the fact that they're now working against me? Get it. So in my poor example then, if you've got a morning routine, which I had, you know, I would get up at the same time, breakfast, same time, clothes, similar every day. It's not a rut if I believe it's working for me because actually this does save me time in the morning. It saves, I'm, I get to work brighter, you know, more energetic, ready for it. But if, if it's not a conscious decision at some stage, then actually I could find myself bored out of my head with, with my morning routine and actually it could end up making me feel flatter during the day because yeah. I haven't got that assignment. Okay. Yeah, a, a routine is a vehicle for your habit. Yeah. So you can switch up your routine without letting go of why that's a good habit. Yes. And if you even if it's a good habit, if it's stuck, if it and the word that always comes with rut is stuck. You know, if you feel if you feel stuck, then you don't need to give up on why you believe that's a good thing. You just might need to look at how you actually have that discipline and retain that habit if it's working for you. But it's you know, even just to freshen up as a change can be as good as a rest and all those types of things. Okay. And it's important, you know, there are habits you will want to improve or let go of or replace. There are also habits you really want to hold on to and protect and maybe treat them with a bit more precious um, emotion uh, because the value is there that before you start taking it for granted. Okay. So I think why... Listening to you talk, I think then you're going to explain, especially to me, that habits then can be a bigger force for good than I'm taking them to be. So I kind of think that there are, let's say, 10 things I've got to do every day, and I try to make them a habit by ticking them off and building a routine or a regime or discipline about them. But actually, I think most of the reason I do this is to make it as easy as possible for myself to do the right things but actually that's that feels a little bit defensive i can probably make these a little bit more uh, well you've also got the question of whether you're in the habit of writing the list or whether you're in the habit of executing what's on the list and again this has been you know defining what the habit is you know is the habit writing the list or is the is the habit doing things <laughs> or is it both you know and can you combine both and so th- be more consciously aware of your habits and, and relating them to where you really want to get to. Then you can see the power of habits. And, and the power of habits has never been more vital than it is now uh, because it's it's what defines whether you get to where you want to get to or not because yeah. it's what people can expect of you. It's what you can expect of yourself. It's how you're trusted by yourself and others. It's what people expect or don't expect from you. It's making sure that your habits are aligned to where you want to get to rather than a trade-off of just having some good and some not so good, some effective, some ineffective. And also, as I spend a lot of time sitting with people who have a contrary habit, they're clear in where they want to get to, but their habits are a total disconnect to where they want to get to. Yeah. And also the fact that some habits used to be really, really good for you. They were progress, but they're not so effective for you anymore. So it's consciously looking at those habits and also really importantly, 
why good things happen for you. Yes. It's a lot down to the habits that you've got. So by being able to understand the those success habits, then it takes you away from two really important things. One, just thinking it's just luck, and then you just need to hope you're getting lucky again. Or that imposter syndrome of good things are happening and I don't know what I've done to get here. Mm-hmm. So understanding your habits is really, really important for your self-confidence, for your mental health, for your sense of empowerment, sense of control, sense of ownership, so that you're not leaving it to luck or fate or other people's opinions. Yeah. And as you're talking, it's making me think back to the emotional intelligence piece. And the fact that there are so much, there are so many things that we all do, so many behaviors we share, which then are automatic. And I was thinking back to the Thinking Fast and Slow book again, where you've got these automatic systems. And that basically, and what we talked about before, is that you'll do things and then your rational self will explain why you were doing it, even, you know, we'll, we'll put a rational spin on it. And I'm guessing then that this also applies to habits, that we will do things if we're not careful, instead of owning the habit at the start, we'll own the behavior at the end, so to speak. So rather than consciously choosing, this is going to be the thing we're going to do, we'll automatically because of some habit that's ingrained in us do it and then we'll explain it afterwards as oh yeah this is this is always what i do because and then come up with a rational reason so how i feel you're explaining it is is that you've got all of these things that you will do automatically have a good look at them once in a while and make sure you're comfortable with what's happening happening in your let's say operating system hard you know software you know there you can't keep conscious tags on everything you're doing but once in a while take stock and make sure you're happy with how the operating system is running once in a while and then let it run but keep checking back on it once in a while yeah it's just self-awareness um of you know is this working for me or is it now working against me yeah am i holding on to this longer than i really should yeah or is this actually what makes things work? So I really need to make this more of a yeah. priority. You know, people will, you know, have that, why does this always happen to me? Yeah. You know, good or bad, but mainly mainly when it's outcomes they're not looking for. Why does this happen to me? It always seems I'm able to take the process so far and it always stops here and I get to this far and then I need to leave. Or And you have this, you know, people will tend to look externally rather than internally at times and say, well, I did this because of that. Yeah. Or you said this, so I'm only left with this option and all these types of things. You can also look at this in teams with their, their identity, which, you know, actions speaking louder than words. So you can see what, you know, the habits that are fostered there. You can look at this as organizations and teams, um, large businesses, small businesses. What they're in the habit of doing tells you so much more about them because that's how they demonstrate their character. Yes. And connection of character and habit, then what kind of character do you want to be creating the perception of? In all levels, habits are so, so powerful and central. Yes. Yet they are widely not understood and underappreciated. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, so is this is about behavior, isn't it then? So habits are almost 
your subconscious forms automatic routines of behavior. If you're not careful, you'll explain away every habit. But actually, sometimes it's just it's just malware in your system. So be aware of it and own it because this this demonstrates you and you can try and put a spin on it afterwards. But sometimes, this, as you said, this shows who you are, your actions. And if 50% of your actions are automatic and are run by your subconscious, then that may not be always the best for you. Yeah, and, and automatic driven by what? You know, what button do you push for it then to become automatic? Yes. You know, um, what is the setting that makes that automatic? You know, and that is your core beliefs and values. And there's a, there's a, there's a model we can go through this on habits, which I've been using for years and years and years. And it just it allows you to observe habits objectively because habits are an emotional thing. Yes. And by being able to list it out and look at it objectively, it allows you to take that emotional barrier down. Um, and what this does is it empowers you um, to take more ownership of those habits. And everyone's got a mix of those habits, and that's fine. But you should be aware of the habits that you've got. These are habits that, you know, are the ones that work for you and the ones that work less for you. And also to be looking ahead at the habits that you want to create. Yeah. Makes sense. So understand then that you are going to be having a bunch of, let's say, operating system habits running. Own them. Get to see them. Have a really good proper look at them the conscious ones, the subconscious ones, and then what? Decide which ones need to be updated, which ones need to be deleted, which ones need, and which new ones to be introduced. Is that, or is that, is that taking the analogy too far? No, no, it's an upgrade in your habits, you know, and protecting the ones that work for you and the ones that would work better. And, and this, again, is the difference between self-improvement and self-help and then moving on to self-development. Self-improvement will attack the habit and, you know, want to point out the, how the habit should be. But a self-development is actually you taking ownership of your habits rather than listening to other people's, you know, um, inverted commas, good habits, success habits, their secret habits, and you trying to adopt other people's stuff. But this is about self-development, which is you taking ownership of your habits so that they're more authentic so that those habits are about you and how you demonstrate and present your character through your habits, rather than pretending to be someone else who's written a book or stood on a stage or done a podcast uh, with their their secrets for success. Now, and that's not to invalidate their, their own habits for success, but they're their habits for success. Self-development is about taking ownership and creating your habits for success. Okay. So this then is about knowing where you want to go and knowing what you've currently got in, in terms of your current behaviors and your current ways of, of acting. So if we go into the model of habits so that we can, and, and the first part of this model is understanding how habits are created. So where habits come from. And the second half of the model is then about where habits then take you. Okay. So, and will we and will we cover how to set new ones up and how to break old ones as well? Yes. Yes, and why that works and and why sometimes it doesn't. Cool. So, if if you at the centre of this model is habits, mm-hmm. so 
let's take the example of someone is the habit of turning up late. So whether it's an office or a team or friends socialising or a member of your family or whoever, they're in that habit of always turning up late, whether it's just a little bit late or very late, they're always late. What then happens because someone's always late? You start giving them an earlier time to tell them an earlier time to turn up or you stop inviting them or it becomes, that's what they're known for. Yeah. And, you know, they're always late and that has connotations. Sometimes it can be charming. Sometimes it can be downright rude. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's the first thing what we do is we attack the habit. You know, we, we go, stop turning up late. Why can't you turn up on time? And, and, and we said, you know, do you know what this, the impact of you turning up late has on everybody else? And, you know, we're all waiting for you and you're always late to the point where we've started telling you it's an hour earlier that we're meeting up because we know you're always going to be late. And then they say, yeah, so every time you tell me eight, I think nine. And, and what it is, is we're all attacking the habit and focusing on the habit. And it has very little sustainable change. Now, some people will try and modify behaviour. They'll modify that habit. They'll maybe try and turn up on time a few times. But the habit's still there and it'll come back. Mainly because they don't have a problem with it. It's you that has a problem with it. So all they do is modify it long enough for you to calm down. But that habit's still there. And the reason why the habit's still there and why attacking the habit doesn't work, and this is why self-improvement, doesn't work with sustainable change of habits because it's all about attacking the habit, not stop doing this, start doing that, is that the reason why the habit will remain is because the habit is driven by thoughts, words, and actions. So what comes just before the habit is your thinking, your words, and your actions. You're doing it because you think it's okay. You you keep saying it's okay, and then you keep doing it because you believe it's okay. So your thoughts, words, and actions are what create your habits. Because if you think it often enough, you say it often enough, you do it often enough, it then becomes your habit. So if I think, oh, look, five, five or ten minutes here or there doesn't really matter. And then you'll hear me saying to people, five or ten minutes here or there doesn't matter. And then my action is I'll turn up five or ten minutes here or there. And if I do that consistently enough, I've now got a habit of turning up five or ten minutes late. And then that kind of drifts a little bit because, well, five or 10 minutes beyond the five or 10 minutes is okay. And then five or 10 minutes beyond the five or 10 minutes beyond the five or 10. And all of a sudden I'm 25, 30 minutes late. But I'm only five or 10 minutes later than was accepted the last time. So that's where the habit can then start to really unravel. But it's because I think it's okay, I say it's okay, and I continue to do it. Yep. Now, what comes before the thoughts, words, and actions is that person's core beliefs and values. Okay. If this, if what, what they will think, see, and do is driven by their core beliefs and values, if they have the core belief that as long as I turn up, as long as I contribute, as long as I'm there and I make a difference, then that's where that's what my core belief and value really is. It's about the impact you have when you're there more than just whether you're five or 10 minutes late. And if that's my core belief and value, that's what fuels me to think that's okay, to say it's okay and continue to do it. And then that, therefore it forms the habit. 
again. So there may be a number of different core beliefs or core values that people have, which means that they're always five or 10 minutes late. However, that's, that's where it starts. So whether they feel that they're I don't know, more important than everyone else or this, whatever you're, they're late for isn't that important compared to something else or they don't bother they don't feel the need to plan or I don't know there can be 101 different reasons why they could have it but that will contribute to the so as you're saying attacking the habit is the sort of symptom then not the cause of the well, it's actually the con. The habit's the consequence. The the sum the the cause is their core belief and value. Yeah. The symptom then is the thoughts, the words, and actions that come from that, and the consequence is then the action. Get you. So that's it. Okay. And and you will also have people who have a core belief and value that it doesn't matter whether I contribute in the meeting as long as I turn up on time. Okay. And therefore, they will say the most important thing is you turn up on time. So they will think the most important thing is to turn up time and they will always turn up on time. So they will be in the habit of always being there on time, but never contributing. Yes. Okay. So it all comes from the cause of it is that core belief and value. And unless that core belief and value changes, the thoughts, words and actions won't change and the habit won't change. It might be hidden, it might be suppressed, but it will not change. Okay. So core beliefs and values then. So are we going to, because that sounds pretty deep into, it sounds some of these things are sort of immutable, you know, unchangeable, but can core beliefs and values be changed then? Is there any hope? Well, core beliefs and values, and, and this is particularly as a coach, I can't go, that no one can go into someone else's core beliefs and values. Yeah. That's their place. So no one else can go, you can't go to someone and say, you need to change your core beliefs and values. That you can't intrude. Yeah. That's their that's their space. Yeah. And also at times it's difficult to really go deep enough to articulate what your core beliefs and values are. It's just something you do. Okay. So understanding that's where the cause is. And for those who try and change other people's core beliefs and values, you now need to believe things different. You now need to have different values. Again, that kind of forcing people to be something that they're not. That doesn't work because your core beliefs and values will still be there. Only you can change your own core beliefs and values. Okay. But understanding that's what the cause is. So you have core beliefs and values, then your thoughts, words, and actions. That's what leads to the habit. The second half of this model, and this is where you can really impact change, because this is just understanding why you end up with the habits you've got. Yeah. What happens after the habit becomes really important. Out of your habits, the next thing that falls out of that is the perception of your character. Now, this might be an accurate or inaccurate perception of your character and your opinion, but your habits will present a perception of your character. So if you're in the habit of always turning up late, then that creates the perception of your character as someone who can't be trusted to turn up on time. Yeah. Or if you're in the habit of turning up on time but never contributing, it creates the perception of you don't really make any difference when you're there. Then that creates that perception of your character. And that perception of your character determines the last part of this model, which is the future opportunities that you get. 
So if you have a character that's perceived as someone who can't be trusted to turn up on time, if I've then got a real time-sensitive, important deadline-type high-profile project, even though you might be technically skilled and ideal to do that work, if it's sensitive to time or a strict deadline, I can't consider you for that because you can't be trusted to turn up on time. Yeah. And therefore, you're not going to get that opportunity. Together. So this is, I mean, obviously you're using that example for for a key reason, but but if we look at this as a, 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 a wider range of behaviours which feed a perception of you, is what you're sort of saying. So if you're, if for some reason you're not seen as trustworthy because you have a set of behaviours which consistently seem to show that you are not somebody to be trusted to do a certain thing. This, well, is, well, this, is, this is habit, not just behaviour. The behaviour can be a one-off. I mean, consistent. Habit, habit is what you do consistently. Habit is a consistent behaviour. So, yeah, so um, if you're consistently showing the behaviour, then which can, which is therefore going to put you in a particular light, which should therefore, and as you said, it, it, any future opportunities, it, there is going to be how people view your fit for that opportunity. So once you understand how your core values and beliefs are impacting your future state of your future self then is this is this what you mean then is this then when the individual themselves has to suddenly look in the mirror and go whoops i really need to change not by habit but go back even further is that how it works yeah so um you can't go into someone's core beliefs and values to change those things exactly but can they? You can't. But what you can do is say, what future opportunities are you looking for? What future opportunities do you really want? And does therefore that habit that you have take you towards exactly. that future opportunity, or is it taking you somewhere else? And if that future opportunity is it means enough to you, then you can invite people to say, well, you really need to reconsider that habit. You really need to question whether that is now something that is good enough for you, something that's working for you, or whether that is something that's now starting to work against or exclude you. And then does that mean that person then realigns their own core beliefs and values? So you're inv- by, by asking them to look again at how they're acting consistently, their, their, their habits, then do they go back and think, I therefore need to change something in my own core beliefs and values themselves? If it's something they really want enough, and this is the difference, if if you're, if you're I'm working for you and you, you're telling me about the future opportunities that you think I should want, that will not get, but if I don't want them, that's not going to get me to question or challenge or redefine my core beliefs and values. But if you know that it's something that I really want, then you can invite me to challenge or question those core beliefs and values that are leading to the current habit that's no longer getting me to where I want to get to. But the motivation comes from the future opportunity. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's what's most important, rather than just a criticism of some people don't like that habit. It may be that the future opportunity that someone is pointing out to you, actually is not something you're that bothered about. It may also be that the future opportunity that you were aiming for 
you've already got there. Or as you've got closer to it, you don't want it anymore. Yeah. And so then you need to make sure that it's this alignment between core beliefs and values, thoughts, words and actions, habit, perception of character, down to future opportunities. There's a straight line all the way down rather than any disconnect. But it starts with the end in mind. Where do you really want to be getting to? That is the motivation for changing habit. Yeah. So this goes back to like having that strong enough purpose and vision of what things could be and so exciting that actually it feeds it down towards your core beliefs and values rather than your core beliefs and values by growing into, you know, you're training your core beliefs and values in, in the right way. So if you want that future opportunity enough, you're saying, who do I want to become? Exactly, yeah. What perception of my character do I now want to project? Therefore, what do I need to start picking up as a habit? Now, equally, because there's always that tendency to go into the habits you need to change, this is equally, if not even more powerful, about the habits you want to protect. Because when you then look at your future opportunities and you can see why a particular habit creates exactly the perception of character that you're looking for that is perfectly aligned to get to the future opportunities you want, it's then about being precious about that habit, protecting that habit, maintaining that habit, developing it, communicating that habit so that that perception is so strong that it gets you to those opportunities that you want to get to. So that's how you identify and protect those great habits, those fantastic habits, your success habits. That works for me. When I do that, people respond in this way and these things then happen. Yeah. And then how this ties in, hearing you speaking about like decision fatigue and, and things, is if you've got enough habits automatically generated that in certain situations you act in this positive, good way that you want to act, that you no longer have to think about it, it means then that you get the opportunity to look at other habits or develop other habits or improve other areas of your behavior until that becomes a habit. You know, those behaviors become ingrained and automatic and it just allows you to keep improving consciously those areas that need improving and then hopefully eventually let's say the operating system is running optimally on all these other things and you just keep adding and you know another another update to it every 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 period of time so to speak okay and that always starts with that end in mind and so protect the habits that you're really working for you but also to upgrade the habits that maybe used to work for you didn't work for you so much so And if you look at one of the elements of this, it gets you to start to think for success, dress for success, prepare for success, because you're looking at those future opportunities. So if you are uh, looking to become a fantastic parent or a fantastic manager or a fantastic owner or a fantastic friend or a fantastic partner, is then looking at, okay, so what would the perception of character need to be? So what habit reinforces that? So it allows you to look at what you want to become to your fullest potential Uh, rather than saying that's my habit, it creates that perception, so what opportunities do I get or do I not get? Now, if you're happy with those opportunities, it's it's an alignment. But if you're not happy with those opportunities, you then stop criticising the perception that other people have and you you stop criticising why people never give you the opportunities you want 
you create the opportunities you want through your habit. Yeah. When you, you're, you're using habit is a consistent behavior, how would you make that consistent behavior though more automatic or more subconscious? Are there tips? Because, I mean, it makes total sense that, you know, you, if you're, and you say, aligned, all of this, your future opportunity, the perception of your character, your your habits, your thoughts and words and actions and your core beliefs. So that If that's all aligned, then it's just saying is, how do you get as many of these behaviors to be automatic, subconscious, so you don't have to think about them? If, you know, you can use your conscious brain to to think about the next thing that needs improving. What are the... Yeah, I'd, look, I get the... Um... And the, the 20 odd years I've been doing this with people, they say, oh, you know, in these sessions, I think really clearly and I get it. When I get to live TV, yeah. you know, when I've got an audience in front of me, I've got someone in front of me, and I'm in the heat of the moment and my emotions all come in and I forget. And you'll forget what you know, but you'll not forget what you understand. And the purpose of this is understanding that it comes from the future opportunities. It comes with the end in mind. And it's having that discipline of saying where do I want to get to then you work your way back. Then the character becomes quite, quite clear and then you know the habit. But it starts with the end in mind. Rather than thinking, I just press automatic. The whole point of this is for you to take ownership, not just to hand over to the last automatic update, but actually to be more conscious, more in the moment, more aware of saying, I know where I want to get to today. I know where I want to get to in this conversation. I know what I want to get to by sending this email. I know what I want to get to by sending this card. I know what I want to get to by going for this walk. And having that outcome focus, that end in mind and working your way back, things fall into line. Trying to build up from the bottom, guesswork. Yeah. But even if you're doing this in the end in mind, do you do want as many of these behaviours to be automatic there, don't you? I mean, I mean, you want well, automatic means you're taking yourself out the process. You're losing the ownership. That's a self improvement thing. I press that button and everything's automatic. Well, what do we need you for? You're there to take control over it. It's not to hand it over to anything else and say it's all systematic. It's all automatic. Well, what, what do we need you for in the process? It's it's to be ensuring that you're connected enough with the outcome you want to get to. And then aligning to say, so what perception needs to be portrayed here? So what habit best does that? And it takes care of itself from there. Things then fall into line. But to consider yourself to be a robot just to create that automation to that level, you're taking away a lot of your value, a lot of your opportunity, a lot of your character. Because if you're in the habit of being automatic, then the perception that you then create is, as long as everything follows that process, you're okay. But that perception is also, you will not be able to flex or adapt to the world that's going on around about you. So nine times out of 10, you're going to be out of date. Therefore, you're not going to get the, if you want opportunities for being automatic, then be automatic as a habit. But if you want to be, if you want the opportunities for being more than that, then you have to go beyond trying to look for what would be automatic. And if I give you an example on this, if you're in the habit of challenging, so if your core belief and value is, I'm here to make a difference, I'm here to challenge. So you think, okay, whatever's going to put to me, I'm going to challenge that for good. 
I'm, and therefore I'm going to say, I'm going to be challenging this. And then the action is you'll continually challenge. You create that habit of challenge. Yeah. So then you create that perception of this is someone who's always going to challenge. Yeah. Now, there are certain opportunities where people are going to go, that person's perfect because we need that challenge. There are other situations where people are going to look at that and say, that challenge might be valuable, but we don't want that. Yeah. So you have then got the option of saying, in this situation, because all situations are individual, where do I want to get to with this? So what habit do I show here? What habit do I present? But if you're just on automatic, you're just going to challenge everything. Even when people don't want you to, you're still going to be challenging, which means you're going to be eliminating yourself from opportunities just because you pressed automatic. Your ownership is your ability to say, that's what I want to get to. So what habits? I have choice. I can make decisions. I am empowered rather than I'm just choosing or changing from one automatic setting to another automatic setting. Okay. I feel this is like the level of behavior though. Like when you talk about this, this is like be conscious of almost when you need to have your A game ready and make sure that you've got, you know, you, you, you're armed and ready for your A game, I guess. It depends on whether you've got a one-dimensional level of A game or not. If, you, if your A game in one situation is to challenge, then that's going to be your A game for situations where challenge is going to be valued. But if people are looking for support or reinforcement or reassurance, yeah. then challenge is not your A game in that situation. Your A game is choosing the right habit in that situation to get to the outcome you're really looking for. That's your A game, whatever that habit happens to be. Okay. So when I think about habits or routines, this isn't about then that if, I, if I'm strict enough with myself that I follow a habit or a routine every day or every month. So it's not going to work backwards is what you're saying is. So that's a kind of a lot of the stuff that you're getting is that if you – you know, as you said, do something 20 days or 30 days or 60 days, whatever the the answer is. And however you reinforce that behavior, however you reward that behavior, and and there's, um, you know, different triggers. Like if you're trying to stop smoking, you know, how, how do you deal with the different triggers and stuff that stop smoking is? What you're saying is, is that that's starting in the middle, trying to work backwards, and even maybe trying to work forwards or outwards or inwards, you know, anyway. But you're dealing with the wrong the wrong area of it. So not by starting in the middle. You're best to start at the end. Say, so if you don't want to consider yourself a smoker and then you give yourself, you know, the 101 different reasons why you don't want to be a smoker from, you know, hygiene and health and kids and grandkids and, money and you know the, the zillion other reasons that they that you can have and then that will work its way but if you do this properly this will work itself all the way back that the habit will be more easily changed so if the opportunity is to become a non-smoker yes yeah as opposed to trying to get rid of the habit of smoking then that end in mind gets you to gives you the motivation to look at your core beliefs and values, but also gives you the direction as to say, well, what's the character? Therefore, what's the habit I need to portray? If you do not replace the habit, something else will. If you leave a void 
it will get filled with something else. You know, plant enough flowers, there's no not there's not enough room for the weeds. But just by pulling out the weeds, weeds will grow back by themselves. Maybe the same weeds, maybe new weeds, but the weeds will grow all by themselves. It's planting the flowers of the good habits, the positive habits. And and just to put context on the authenticity of habits, this is not about pretending to be whatever you need to pretend to be to get outcomes you're looking for. So an example of this, one of my core beliefs uh, and values is, is always to be honest in business terms as well, to always be honest. I think that's really important. I will say it's really important. And then I will clearly demonstrate I'm being honest. So I have a habit of being being very honest and therefore the perception of the character is that of an honest character. And sometimes I know honesty is not what I'm being asked for. And so there's a future opportunity at the other side of this if I'm not just completely honest. I'll choose honest because it doesn't sit with my core beliefs and values to be less than honest, even though it might not be popular. So what I thought was a good opportunity is no longer the opportunity I thought it was, so it doesn't sit congruently in that alignment from my core beliefs all the way down to the opportunity. So there will be situations, this is not about saying adapt your habits to whatever, it's adapting your habits with what sits within your core beliefs and values. Because then you have no longer that imposter syndrome or that feeling that you need to wash and cleanse after that because you had to pretend to be something or someone else. This is about protecting your identity and accepting that that means some of those habits will exclude you from opportunities that from a distance looked like good opportunities. Everybody in business would want more business. Sometimes you then find a situation but it's not the right type of business for you. And the same with relationships. So if you identify something you want to change and you do this process of thinking about your future state, your future self, your future, you know, what the future opportunity is and therefore what needs what you'd need to be, what your character should be, how do you help reinforce that then? Because I can imagine, you know, if I sort of sit down and think actually, yeah, this is this would be great. This is what I'd like to be. This would be the sort of behavior I'd like to be. Um, demonstrating regularly without having to think too hard about whether this is the right thing or not. But I guess once you come up with that future opportunity, that future state, that future self, that perception of what you want to be in the future, whilst that's great, once you, as you sort of said, get back and you're on live TV or everyone's got a plan until they're smacked in the mouth type thing. Once I've been smacked in the mouth and I go back to old habits or old ways of thinking or old ways of being so so i guess um because habits always feel hard to change and in a way what you're saying is yeah you're not quite saying this but in a way it's like oh this is your future self get that's right everything else will fall straight into place job done here let's all move on and i know that's not what you're saying so how how do you help yourself sort of make that so strong so clear so bright so so loud, so present, so in your face, it, it helps you keep keep honest to your, you know, it comes back. Well, look, you're exactly right in what you're saying there. It's how brightly that future burns for you. Because, look, knowing the opportunities you want will just give you an opportunity to assess which habits are working for you towards that and which habits are working against you. Just having that end in mind doesn't change those habits. 
It also doesn't protect those habits by itself. It gives you a reason, first of all, to assess and then a reason to either upgrade or change or protect the habits that you've currently got. But the brighter that burns for you, the more motivated you will be. I would love to have a stronger habit of exercise and sleep. And I've wanted that for about 30 years. I do have every now and again a clear future opportunity. Normally when there's a vacation coming up or I've had an injury um, or something has just happened that it's just within me, I think, I now really want that again. And I've really wanted this on and off for 30 years. That future opportunity of health, fitness, uh, sharpness, uh, how you look, the clothes you want to wear, that's normally a big motivation when you put something on and you think, I look ridiculous in that. I would like to look less ridiculous. And in fact, I'd like to look fantastic in that. And you have that future opportunity because you don't want to have that perception of, of some guy squeezing into something that you should have stopped wearing 10 years ago. So you look at the habit that's led to that and therefore you're motivated to change that habit. But unless I change my core beliefs and values, I'm going to have periodic improvement. I haven't really changed the habit. I've just kind of reduced some of my bad habits, you know, what I eat, what I sleep, when I would sleep, when I would eat, when I would drink, when, when I would, you know, all these things that, that all affect things. My core beliefs and values are still focused in other areas more. But as soon as I have that burning picture of that future opportunity of how I want to look and feel and do things, then I'll change habits because I'll have first of all changed my core beliefs and values that there are other things that are more important to me. And I don't want to change those other things being more important to me too soon. Yeah, I know it's 30 years, but I have other things that I hold more dear to my beliefs and values that are more important to me. Mm. But that doesn't mean to say I give up. It just means I know I can modify some of those negative behaviours I can mitigate some of those negative and I can try and put on trying some more positive behaviors on for size, normally for two or three weeks. But my core beliefs and values are the ones that will sustain that change of habit rather than the modification of it. But it starts with how brightly that future opportunity burns for you. And if you really want to say non-negotiable, I'm having that, then you need to get it to burn really strong and really brightly so that it's at the forefront all the time. And your core beliefs and values will learn to align to that. And so this is the layering up then. So if I sort of, for example, we use the smoking one, you know, is it's, you know, it isn't just one reason, you know, you want to come up with 10, 15, 20 deep, important, massive reasons. And so this is so important to you that, that yeah, that it becomes, it, it's so big, it, goes back and infiltrates, goes past your your habits and all the way to your core beliefs and values until you believe that you are a non-smoker, not somebody who's very good at giving up to, to use your thing. Okay. And if you hold on to that long enough, then you will change that. But if you just held on to it until there's the holiday or the wedding or the party or the event that you've been aiming for, I learned to dance salsa for an awards night and didn't want to do it, loved it. Absolutely loved it. Never done a thing since. Yeah, I, I don't have any future opportunities where that is aligned to at the moment. 
Well, you could if you really if you if you were a dancer, if you decided you were a dancer, then if your core value was a dancer, then you'd be you'd be, you'd be out all the time. I mean, you'd be dancing three nights a week if you were a dancer, and that is that. You know, that future opportunity is also that future self opportunity, that future self image. You see yourself as a non-smoker. You don't then want to smoke. But if you see yourself as someone who's trying to give up smoking, well, you're only trying to give up smoking if you're a smoker. So you're still a smoker. Agree. Who's depriving themselves. But this is coming back to earlier, I was talking about the automatic. But this is it. When you were first doing this, maybe you'd even have to consciously remind yourself of who your future state was and all those good reasons until it becomes like that you know that constant routine and the practice of reminding yourself of all the great things of being a maybe we're using smoking but this could be any work-based environment as well isn't it i mean until it becomes second nature that you don't need to remind yourself almost of that core value of that change you're doing you know you're laying down the the network so many times and i think that's how then it sort of fits in and that's what i think i was meaning with the with the A game, that sometimes you're going to do these things consciously because you realize that actually this is, you're aware that this is, oh, this is slightly unusual, this is slightly different, but you're changing it. There's other times where, to go back to the sort of boring one is, not a boring one, the simpler one is, you automatically turn up on time because you've been teaching yourself and reminding yourself for two months that you turn up on time, that when you actually get to the meeting, what's what's foremost in your head is how I'm now going to, as you said, not be challenging, but be supportive. And maybe supportive is sometimes challenging, but it isn't automatically challenging. And then eventually when that gets so good, you're automatically going to the meeting to be supportive and there'll be a range of behaviours and actually then you're consciously thinking, actually, I want to be the leader in this meeting or I want to be, you know, my future self means that I have a different role. And this sort of reminds me of the change thing is once you've got enough of these behaviours, almost, it's not automatic the way, and I must have said it wrongly then, it's not, it's not automated. It's just running such a well-worn path that it's not meeting any resistance, it's a normal, natural behaviour that you're exhibiting. But once in a while, you'll need to check, is it still valid that this is the set of behaviours I have? But when you're learning and putting down new ones because you've improved your version of your future self, you'll have to come up with, there'll be something new and you'll have to bed it down. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, and look, that, that's where you get into the high-performance habits. And yeah, exactly. what, what you do is, is you put clearer lines down. Exactly. Because high-performance is, isn't about doing more in everything. It's actually the other way around. High-performance is not allowing yourself some options. Yeah. It's not an option for me to turn up late. Exactly. So when I no longer have that as an option, I never turn up late. Yeah. But when people go, well, I'll get this close to the time as possible – then they're allowing themselves the option to turn up five or 10 minutes late. Yeah. So it's actually, it brings that narrower focus Three. to say that's no longer good enough for me. Now it may occur, but that's never going to be a habit. Yes. Because things exactly. can happen. So that's what I'm saying. It's not a behavior because it can happen. If it's allowed to happen consistently, then it becomes a habit. And when you no longer allow yourself that option, you know, um, one of the things about relationships, when, now, the people who are really good with relationships are the ones who normally through bad experience know to draw the line quicker 
let's not let this argument continue. Let's not allow it to be an option for this to fester. Not let's not let this be an option of you go to your bed without saying good night. You know, let's not let this be an option where we allow it to not be speaking after more than an hour. You know, those are because those are really good relationship habits because they are lines that you have drawn. Whereas what most people do with variety of different levels of relationship is they just allow things to spill because they, they allow themselves options that form habits to take them somewhere else. And I meet a lot of people who will say, ah, I've always had difficulty with this or I've always been you know, difficult to work with. I've never been able to sustain relationships or I've always been kind of unpopular or I've, I've never really been able to bring people along with me. Therefore, my only options are this, this and this. Well, if you want to hold on to those habits, then you're right. But if you want different options, they're available to you. Yes. You just need to decide if I want that enough, what kind of habits that are genuine and authentic for me to deliver could I start to develop? Because you're unlimited in your potential in terms of your capability. Unlimited. As long as you want to enough. Cool. Okay. We'll wrap up there. That's a good end, I think. Unlimited in your potential if you want it enough so there we have it habits I said this was different so often I think when we hear about like excellences is you know good things being done every day we talk about the importance of building habits into our lives and I think this is what I was trying to talk about when I talked about you know having an autom- automatic operating system but how Stephen talks about it makes more sense. I think if we have that bigger sense of purpose, this bigger reason to do the right behaviours, maybe we don't need all of the mini triggers that I try and build into my life. To be honest, there are some things I do think are useful routines there maybe for me. Like I do like the idea of being able to pick out my clothes easily and quickly without using too much mental power. I think the importance of being conscious, being present and being aware of these choices we're making is important. So I hope this gives you some food for thought. There's lots more about this on Stephen's site, Coach Pro. So if there's something more you'd like to know, go and find it there. Now it's up to you. It's up to you to change your habits. It's up to you to change that future self. It's up to you to align those core beliefs and values with what you really want when you're going to do it. If not now, when? Talk to you again soon.